Here's the new one or the old one. <laughs> couldn't really hear it that was one. Very, either. very subtle. Couldn't hear that one either. <laughs> oh man. Okay, hold on. Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna do this a different way. Can you hear this? Nope. No. You got that no. okay. you got that fancy podcast mic. We'll insert a clip here of <laughs> yeah. the two different cards. Ready? Go. Oh, wow. Did you oh. guys can you guys believe that? <laughs> wow. Man, unbelievable. We just created the world's most niche ASMR content on the entire internet. <laughs> Welcome to Take Off, a Points and Miles podcast by 10X Travel. I'm your host, Bryce Conway. Today, I'm joined by the full and usual crew, Emily, Travis, and Matt. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. good. Doing good. (laughs) Good enough. If you're still new to Points and Miles or just feel like you could use a refresher, we recommend going back and listening to episodes one through six of our show, where we cover the fundamentals of Points and Miles and teach you all of the basics. As you're planning your 2024 travel, don't forget that we have all the tools you need to maximize your points and miles this year. First, you can make it easy to book award travel by becoming a member of 10X Travel Plus. Once inside, you'll receive a ton of member-only perks, including an annual free award booking, award space email alerts, and up to two one-on-one consultations with our staff to help refine your strategy, answer your questions. You can manage your points and miles in one place using My10X. It's completely free. You can use the My Next Card feature to get personalized recommendations as to which card you should consider adding next to your wallet. And when in doubt, don't forget to consult our best cards list, which is linked in the show notes and updated in real time to show you what we think are the best cards on the off on the market at any given time. You'll find that at tankstravel.com slash best dash credit dash cards. In today's episode, we've decided to have a little fun today and give out some points and miles awards of our own, kind of voted on and discussed by us, at least here in real time, are the notoriously fair and balanced 10x travel team from 2023 until now. So we're going to be going through some of those uh, categories here in just a little bit. But before we do that, I wanted to start off with uh, one of these fun questions that I like to start off with. And I'll actually, I'll give you two options here and I'm going to go first so you can think about it. Everyone, you can see surprises on faces because we didn't cover this before we go over it. I'll go first, but one of two options. Number one, have you ever won an award that might surprise us? Or alternatively, if you had to nominate yourself or someone on this podcast for an award of any kind, what would it be? Now, while you're thinking about that, I chose this because I'm going to go first because I have an interesting and fun award that I've won that I doubt any of you have won, but it could be corrected. I, in T94, won the award at the Twinsburg Twins Festival for the most alike identical twin on the planet. I guess technically I shared that award with my twin brother. But we went to that festival every year in Northeast Ohio. There's a, there's a town called Twinsburg. They have a festival. It's like the International Twins Festival. It is as weird as that sounds. One year, I guess my parents took us to that when we were young. We were like four or five. And we won the award of among thousands of twins for the most alike identical twins in the world who attended that festival. I then went back when I was like 20 to kind of see what it was all about. and. It, it was some straight black mirror stuff. Like you go there, it's like everyone has a partner. Everyone dresses kind of like ridiculous and alike. And they do like studies. Like you can walk through and volunteer and you can make a few hundred bucks as a twin just giving out like saliva samples and, you know, all those oh, twin studies you hear about. That's where they collect oh, wow. a lot of that stuff. Wow. So, yeah, I won yeah. that award and I survived. I have admittedly called Weston Bryce before. 
I think there's a bias there since I work with you. So I tend to just think that it's going to be you. I don't think I've ever called you Weston. The real test is we need to record an episode and you just have Weston do it, but don't tell us to see if we pick up on it. Is that happening right now? Uh, (laughs) What's what's your favorite credit card that earns cash back and why? No answer. Because cash back. Mm. Actually, I do have a cash back card we'll talk about later today, but yeah, I, I like these these tests. This okay. is fun. I'm still on the fence, <laughs> but I think it's actually you. Looks like it could be Bryce. Yeah. That's a good so, one. We're going to need photos if you have any. I don't know if I do. And if I do, they're definitely not digital. They're like hard copies. So Even but I'll, I'll see what I can do for a future episode. We'll see if everyone agrees with that most like award. How about y'all? Anything come up? Special awards or things you'd nominate for least likely to take a shower in Emirates first. That one's obviously going to Matt. Otherwise, can t- any other awards come to mind? I'll, I'll follow it up while everyone else thinks and Matt, it goes in books Emirates first. So that way, that way he can, he can ditch the award. So I think it was my soft, maybe my freshman or sophomore year in high school. Uh, I was on the debate team and I won the award for most likely to win an argument with a doorknob. <laughs> Is that a that, good that's thing? What they need most it. likely to or did? I think it was most likely to, but I'm sure that it did happen at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Make sure uh, you add I, that to your LinkedIn. Yeah, needless <laughs> needless to say, I'm I can be I can be pretty stubborn and hard headed on points that I I guess uh, I I'll, I'll say I have strong convictions. <laughs> Fair. Nice way to This is it. where if, if we were like a super entertainment style podcast, like, well, it's funny you say that because behind the scenes right now coming out is doorknob. We're going to have debate. <laughs> we're going to settle it. <laughs> I mean, I've got a number of doorknobs in my house, but. <laughs> <laughs> my my accolades are not that exciting. They're all just sports related because that's all I did for a number of years. I think the best one was when I was either 14 or 15. I can't remember. We finished. Second losers in the country or in the country. We got, we, yeah, we got third place in the nation for basketball oh. and the like national championship thing or whatever. So I totally second losers it. or bronze medal winners, whatever. However you want. I interpreted that as y'all were the second worst team in the entire country. Yes. And like, no, how no, they no. figured that yes. out? <laughs> <laughs> like you weren't bad enough to be the, the worst. Uh, you were just... <laughs> Just one step above them. No, a little, a little bit opposite, but we still lost. And I'm not bitter about it still at all. No. no. <laughs> you, you might say uh, y'all are like the, the Florida State of, of Ooh, youth basketball. Too no, no, because, no, because we did actually make it to the uh. championship round. So, yeah. Mine that I can recall off the top of my head is that in high school, I ran a half marathon with no training whatsoever um, it was extremely painful and i would not recommend it but i did finish so i have i have a medal <laughs> let's i'm 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 going to be Impressive. obnoxious let's seek some clarification here emily you said you yes. ran a half marathon did I, you run the whole thing i did I did. That's impressive. But the only reason that I continue to run is because I tried to stop and walk, but it was so much more painful to walk because like you're using slightly different muscles than it was to just run at the slowest pace I could. So technically I did run. (laughs) Follow up question. How many days did it take until you could walk again? Oh God. Two weeks. (laughs) 
So, but I had I was I was on my high school lacrosse team, and we had like a state championship game the next day. So I played. Wow! wow. Okay. Well, bravo! That's impressive. See, yeah, that is I like totally- you got like the Michael Jordan flu game, and then you have the <laughs> Emily half marathon, half marathon right yes. behind it, right behind it. See, yeah, Emily. I thought that yours was going to be something related to your family bluegrass band. Uh, Any awards y'all might have won? Because I'm sure that like most people have not won awards as a family bluegrass band. Links links to live recordings in the show notes for sure. <laughs> yeah, most people have not won awards for a family bluegrass band, including my family bluegrass band. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are giving out awards today in a way for credit cards and yeah. points and miles topics. I can add one more thing to the end here. Best <laughs> un- underground bluegrass band from the 2005 era. Mm, give or take. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Adding to list now. Our <laughs> <laughs> best, best well, podcast member with a family bluegrass band. Congratulations, Emily. Yay. I've nominated you for, for that. <laughs> Feels good to win. You know, there's only one option for this episode then. The intro and outro for the whole episode has to be a bluegrass rendition of the music we currently use. <laughs> it's the only acceptable okay. solution here. We'll have to yeah. discuss royalty fees on that as well. Yes. Yes. So that would even be a, yeah, a pay. But anyway, I'm going to take this bridge of the song and we're going to transition straight into the main content of the show, which is awards, none of which are have anything to do with bluegrass as far as I know. But we're going to go through a few superlatives slash awards topics that we're going to discuss of, of our favorites when it comes to credit cards, points and miles, really for 2023 and looking forward to 2024. The first one up, and I think we should have like a drum roll. Your favorite workhorse credit card of 2023. So a workhorse card, I would define it as not necessarily like the, the MVP, but it's your old reliable. It brings in day in, day out value. Think like your best flat rate earning card, set it and forget it style bonuses, etc. So Anyone's welcome to jump in. Go first. Your best workhorse card, twenty twenty three. Mine's the the Chase Freedom Unlimited. Just kind of like you you said, flat rate earning cards, easy to to set it and forget it. It earns one point five percent cash back technically on every purchase. So easy way to just build up points without having to think too hard about it. I think it also has three percent cash back on dining. I'm not sure if that's a limited time off or not, but. I'd rather use like an MX gold or something on dining. So that one, just because it earns 4X rather than 3%. So, but everything else, yeah, CFU would be my my go-to. Mine is also the Chase Freedom Unlimited. Sorry to steal your thunder, Emily. But I actually, I actually do use it for the 3X on on dining. So yeah. for me, that's, that's my workhorse and 1.5X and everything else. Yes, I know the Venture products earn 2X on every day, regardless of the category, whatever Jennifer Garner says, but capital <laughs> points aren't as valuable to me as ultimate rewards points are. So I'll take that 1.5x over 2x on the venture cards and then the bonus categories. My default workhorse, Emily already brought this one up, is the MX Gold. My biggest categories are going to be groceries and dining, and it earns four points per dollar on the first 25000 spent a year at U.S. grocery stores. I don't shop at Costco or wholesale, whatever those things are called, wholesale clubs or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't shop at those, so I don't have to worry about those restrictions. And my other biggest category is definitely dining. So 
even if I'm only earning one point on other things, like those are going to be my, my most used category. So it's easiest to just be cool. I'll just use this card for those to earn, to earn those Amex points. And last but not least, mine is also in the Amex world. I went with the Amex Blue Business Plus, 2x points per dollar spent up to, I think it's 50K per year on anything. So this is kind of my catch-all card to earn membership rewards on expenses that are not a bonus category of other cards. All of that for no annual fee. Had, I've had that card for quite some time. And, and for others listening, we've seen a handful of target offers for that card with bonuses upwards of like 50,000 or more membership reward points. That's all on a no annual fee card. So that has been a wonderful workhorse for me for quite some time now. Big fan of that card. I admittedly, I opened one this year for myself and one for Maria. I got a 50,000. She got a 75,000, 75,000 points after she spent pretty good 15K in three months. Yeah, that was, that was pretty hard to, to pass up. We had some big expenses coming up. Couldn't pass on, on that offer. It sounds like to me though, that we've got two votes for the freedom unlimited as our winner here. I think that one wins. Yeah. yeah. Doing a true single yeah. award. So unlimited takes the cake. And that's not even factoring in some of the cool welcome offers that they've had on that card over the last couple months. Yeah. Double so if you don't have it, yep. that's makes it a pretty attractive product. Now, did, did y'all get yours as a new product or did you product change to it? I've had mine for a couple of years. I did the $200 plus 5X on groceries for the first, whatever, 12,000 spent, I think it is. I, when they ran that maybe in 21 or 22, somewhere. I've had it. No, it's probably 21. It's been maybe two years since I've had it. So. Depending on when it could have been one yeah. year and three months or whatever, two years and three months. Yeah. yeah. Still off. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah. Womp. Mine, mine was a, a product downgrade. I came into mine when I downgraded my Sapphire preferred so that I could get it again. <laughs> Same. Nice. All right. So workhorse is the chase freedom unlimited card, huh? Congratulations Congratulations to Chase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next award is going to be the most underrated card. The one that a lot of people overlook or you might be using in a way that others are not considering. What is your most underrated card of 2023? I'll go first here. Now I might be a little biased because I literally just got this card, but I'm really, really excited for it. I don't think people were necessarily expecting this one to be on the list, but I'm going to say that my most underrated card for 2023 slash 2024 is the United Quest card. It's admittedly not for everyone, but if you are loyal to a particular airline, I'm based in Houston, I fly United a good bit. It's, a, in my opinion, one of the best co-branded airline cards for people who, who are loyal to an airline. The benefits that you get for flying and traveling with United from the card are like really good. A lot of times I think that the, the benefits that they give you are like, you might use half of them, but anyone with the card who flies United a good bit can, can really utilize it. You get $125 flight credit every year. You get 5,000 miles back two times a year when you book United flights with miles, which if you're again, based at a hub, someone who's flying it a lot, you can get some pretty good United flights for like under 10,000 points. Then you get 5,000 miles back. Like I looked up an example, I can fly to Mexico. It's listed as 9,000 miles right now. 
So after 5,000 back, it would cost me 4,000 miles to fly to Mexico. Round trip, 8,000 miles. Like, you can't really beat that. So I think underrated, if you are a United Loyalist, pretty good card. How many times are you going to Mexico in one year if you can go for 4,000 miles each way? <laughs> well, he's going to Houston to Austin, what, 100 times? 50 yeah. Round <laughs> yeah. How deep, how deep well, are you into that? <laughs> yeah. We, we need a live update on that, that project. Zero so far. <laughs> now, do you know, Travis, does, that, does having that card give you access to the expanded award inventory? That some of the other United cards have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that the it gives you the expanded award availability that the other United cards have. Pretty decent earning rates on on United. Like I would still use my MX Gold from earlier over it for for certain categories. But you know, it, a good way. One of the reasons why I got it was the offer was offering some PQP Premier Qualifying points, which is one of the ways you qualify for United status. I was like four hundred short of requalifying. Fine. So got the card, hit the bonus, and got those extra PQP to requalify for next year. Plus, United changed the spending on PQP. So used to you would get like five hundred for every six thousand dollars you spent. They changed it. I don't remember what it is exactly, but it's like you get it in fifty mile increments now. So it's not one big bucket. Overall, like in a time when I think a lot of airlines are making changes to their programs and their cards that are actually hurting loyalists i think that the united quest card and what united is doing with their card portfolio is definitely helping uh united loyalists so underrated card united quest i've been selling it for quite a few minutes now (laughs) (laughs) emily matt how about you yeah my pick is the ritz carlton card also slight recency bias because i just got this one like a couple months ago too but i think it's underrated because of the perks that it comes with. So for a $450 annual fee, you get a $300 travel credit and that there are some restrictions around that. I think it can be used for like seat upgrades or like in-flight purchases, that type of stuff. And then it also comes with an 85K free night certificate, which is much higher than you would find on some of the other Marriott cards. So those two things can easily help offset the annual fee. The one thing, though, about this card is that it's not open to new applications, so you have to product change to it, which you can do by, if you already have a Chase Marriott card, then you can product change to the Ritz-Carlton card as long as you've had it open for a year. If you don't have one already, apply for one of the Chase Marriott cards, keep it open for a year, and then you have to have at least, I think it's like $10,000 credit limit on the on the Ritz Carlton card in order to product change to it. So there's there's some limitations, but I think it's underrated just based on how easily you can off- offset the annual fee and then just the fact that you can't outright apply for it makes it kind of like fly under the radar a little bit. There's one important feature that you you should include too that's okay. wild to this card compared to everyone else. Oh, the uh, priority pass. Priority pass, yeah. unlimited guests. Yeah. Truly unlimited guests, which I guess may be potentially restricted based on like capacity at the club, but conceivably a family of 10, you could bring them all in so long as there's room. And uh, it also includes the restaurant credit. So like Sapphire yeah. Reserve gets the priority pass restaurants, the Ritz Carlton card cuts too. One thing as well on the Ritz card is it's a, a Visa Infinite card. So it gets the same travel insurances and protections that you would get with the Chase Sapphire Reserve. So whereas most cards, it's like 12 hours for trip delay, it's the six hours on the, the Ritz card. 
So if you're looking at those tangential benefits, it's really good too. And I actually have something on this. Give me just a second. <laughs> sure. Oh, wow. While you do that, like I, I'll go ahead and award the category to that card because yeah, like, I was just it's not say. available for public application. It has these kind of fringe perks that have been taken off of every other card around it. The only downside is that that card used to be made of like the thickest metal of any card on earth. That thing would like, you could probably use that as a ramp to like drive your car up onto a, a very small. <laughs> oh, incline. Are we getting, we're about to get a but, live action sound oh yeah. bite. Oh yeah. Is this, is uh, this oh, you going to clang it? All right. This is the, this is the new one. Did y'all hear that? No, no. but maybe no. that's the point. point in case made. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the new one or the old one. Couldn't really hear it that was one very, either. very subtle. Couldn't hear that one either. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Okay, hold on, hold on. We're gonna, we're gonna do this a different way. Can you okay. hear this? Yeah. Nope. No. You get that? No. Okay. You get that fancy podcast mic? We'll insert a clip here of <laughs> yeah the two different cards. Ready? Go. Oh wow! Did you oh. guys? Can you guys believe that? <laughs> wow! Man, unbelievable. We just created the world's most niche ASMR content on the entire internet. <laughs> I, I, I found my my old one while cleaning cleaning out a closet this weekend and thought that it would be great to do a live drop test, but you can't even hear. Probably not even if I drop it on the floor, which makes me sad. No, we've, we've already covered it with the clip we recorded. And yeah. Dropped it here. Remember? We can, we'll run it back right now. Just so you can hear it. Ready? Hey! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, wow. Matt, how about you? What's the new card? I'm going with the City Premier card. I think it gets overlooked a ton. Uncapped 3X on, all right, get your notepad out, this list. <laughs> Restaurants, supermarkets, gas stations, air travel, and hotels. Where else do you spend money? You don't. You get 3X on virtually every category that you spend money on. It's insane. Oh, and it only has a $95 annual fee. So I believe I have the lowest annual fee of the underrated card category. So that should win a prize in and of itself. But I will say thank you points. The transfer partners, there are no domestic transfer partners. I'll put my little asterisks in here, except for JetBlue, but that's a cash-based uh, loyalty program. So basically, you should never transfer any points to JetBlue and just book them through a portal or something else because you'll then earn points and do better that way. That being said, thank you points do require probably an intermediate level of knowledge in terms of, of how to redeem points to get maximum value. So you can earn tons of points, but you may struggle a little bit if you're just getting started with how to actually use those points. So do keep that in mind. But 3X in all those categories uncapped for 95 bucks is basically insane. And lots of resources on 10 to help you if you are in that boat struggling with City. Thank you points. Just search City. Thank you on the site. I believe we have a few team articles on kind of how we'd use certain lump sums of points, etc. Yeah. So I like As that a- as a demonstration, I've had the City Premier card for years, and I earned the bonus on it. I think I have eighty-two thousand points, thank you points sitting there that I have not used. So <laughs> I would like to to use them, but so far they just haven't been don't, as useful as some of the other ones yet. Don't worry, I'll I'll reserve my comments on this card for the next category. Hey, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, That's we'll get slander. to that here in just a minute. Let me finish out the most underrated one real quick. I actually went with the Ink Premier. This is the cashback card that almost, I almost failed the, the twin test earlier on answering this question. <laughs> but here's why. I, I find th- this card works particularly well for, for situations like the one I'm about to describe that I'm in. Th- this is relatively 
rare for, for most readers. We do have some in this case, and, and some of you are, are going to not like me as much after I go through this. But here's the particular use case that this card serves. So, you know, I, I own a company. We have quite a bit of spend now on things like advertising, digital services, et cetera. So after I go through Amex Business Gold and cap that out on the annual one, after I go through the Inc. Premier and cap that out, this Inc. or I'm sorry, after I go through Inc. Preferred and cap out that 3x for the year, this Inc. Premier tends to catch almost the rest of my expenses. And the biggest upside for it is that you get 2.5% cash back on any purchase of $5,000 or more, which again, when you're running a business, that can, you can have quite a few purchases like that that come up. And at 2.5%, it's that getting to a point where you're competing with the valuation that you get on many points when you redeem them, especially if you have more than enough points in Chase and in Amex, this kind of just takes everything above and beyond. It gives me actual cash back that I can use in the business. So Inc. Premier, most underrated, not a super common situation, but if you're listening to this and you're you know, a business owner that has enough spend that you're kind of blowing through a lot of the low-hanging fruit, that's the one that you should consider above that. But let's jump to the anticipated oh, most oh. overrated card. Well, what was Perhaps our winner? Sounds like you have... Oh, you were, uh, oh, we already easily the Ritz Carlton. I feel like oh, can't <laughs> apply for it publicly. Has unlimited yeah. priority pass. Has uh, travel credits. Visa Infinite. He used to be made of metal that you can hear clang so loud. So yeah. that is the definition of underrated. That is the definition yeah. of underrated. <laughs> I tried to sell y'all yes. on the quest so hard, but I, I think I have to give in to Emily's nominee there. I mean, you provided the sound effects for it, so you kind of participated. <laughs> yeah, we can call this a joint award. Yeah. Let's talk about most overrated though. And I feel like let's go right to Travis here because we have our first, this is, here's your debate, Travis. There's no doorknob around, but you have most overrated on what Matt had most underrated. So please tell us why. The most overrated card out there is the city premier card. Wow. The three exit supermarkets. Wait, 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 pause. Ooh. I need a pause. Am I a doorknob right now? And you're about to argue with me. <laughs> Look, I I wasn't going to think graphics. so far to call you a doorknob. That felt a little a little personal. <laughs> <laughs> the graphics folks, if you're going to make a video here, yes. please turn Matt into a doorknob for the next thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's. There's a reason why the city premiere was not the overall winner in the most underrated category because it is the most overrated. Yes, it earns three exit supermarkets and restaurants, which for most people is going to be their highest spend category. So we don't care about the rest of those. That's less than the four X that you can earn on the Amex Gold. It's also harder to earn a lot of am a, a lot of thank you points because you can pretty much earn them with the city premiere, maybe like uh, the city double cash or something combining them. But overall, there's not a lot of cards that earn them, leaving you a very limited portfolio to build up a good balance. Like Emily, I had 80,000 thank you points for years. And what did I do? I transferred them and I still haven't even used them after transferring them. <laughs> oh, Why? No. Because I transferred them to life miles. And every time I try to use wait, them, wait, 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 wait. that out. sounds like a that sounds like a personal problem, Travis. <laughs> but <laughs> There's more. It's Sorry, because, doorknob, doorknob. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doorknobs <laughs> can't talk. Doorknobs can't talk. <laughs> the the value proposition that City used to have of making it unique was the ability to transfer to Turkish, Qatar, Wyndham. Well, now Capital One, who is will come up later in my nominees, can also transfer to Turkish and win and Wyndham. I think they transferred to Wyndham. Capital One can now transfer to Turkish and Wyndham and Qatar joining the Avios group. You can transfer to British Airways, which pretty much every single card does to be able to get 
Qatar miles. So the unique value proposition of the thank you points ecosystem has been completely eroded because City hasn't bothered to actually keep up with their competitors. So most overrated card, City Premier. Easy. It's also lost all of its insurances as well. So you can't even you don't even want to use it to book travel compared to the Ritz Carlton card, which has better travel insurance benefits. And really, I think just to, to, to pile on that real quickly, because you, you know, sold, Travis, <laughs> yeah. the, the other knock on, on the city thank you card is this, that city ecosystem that you mentioned, because it's pretty much non-existent. Like you can open that card, earn its bonus, but to, to kind of repeat it, you have the 48 month issues that you have with city. There's no kind of business card equivalent. There's no like secondary or smaller card you can open. Like anyone can get that card. You'll end up in the situation that both of you described. I have 80,000 give or take city points and I have no great way to top off on that. And they're going to sit there forever. And yeah, I was in that same situation myself, but anyway, does, does the doorknob from North Carolina have a rebuttal? <laughs> the doorknob, the doorknob agrees, unfortunately. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I included <laughs> some of those disclosures and disclaimers in my initial presentation. You did. You Thank did. you. Thank you. And I'll, yeah. I'll give you credit for it. I just think that yeah. those disclosures are bigger reasons why, why it's really an, an overrated card. If city brought back the prestige, I think that the uh, premier would yeah. have a lot more value. Yeah. Yeah. As it stands, most over it. All right. Who wants to go next? Because I'm I'm ready to to take this category with my nominee, but I'll give you all a chance. <laughs> I'll I'll jump in real quick here. I'm I'm gonna go about any of the Delta cards. And and the reason is because they are very rated, I guess you could say, by a lot of folks. I think I, I read this fact on Twitter the other day, which you can believe everything you read on Twitter, but it said that one percent of US spending goes through a Delta credit card of some kind. And it's wow, because it has this that. weird capture on people where there's this like identity component where like if you're from kind of especially if you're from like the south you have a lot of loyalty to delta you feel like they're kind of like the mercedes-benz of airlines if you will like it's kind of a step up above what most other folks are flying and therefore you assume that the delta card kind of puts you in that realm or gives you those same treatment and it just doesn't i mean the delta so many beginners open that card, earn a bunch of Delta miles. Like, oh, I have, I have 90,000 uh, Delta miles. I'd love to fly two people to Europe. Good luck. Not going to happen. Delta, great for domestic and deals is the expression. But if you want to fly over an ocean, especially in premium cabin, that's, you're not going to go very far. What's insane about that statistic is the total US GDP. It was, it's a total US GDP, not, not necessarily just spending. Oh, What's yeah. The stat, right. the stat that I at least saw. And 2023 US GDP was $26.5 trillion. <laughs> so, so 1% of that. $67 billion? Yes. Through a Delta. That's like two first class flights to Tokyo on Delta. Yeah, literally. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's, it. that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, so and to be clear, for all the, the comments that will eventually come for us, we all love Delta. We agree that Delta is the best domestic airline. If we had a coupon for like Not one anymore. domestic trip, okay, okay I guess. Yeah, there is value debated. in this definitely in the conversation. Program. I think, yes, I think it's what you're saying. There is value to be had, however. Well, there's value in the program, parent. and yes. we love the airline, but the card is horrible. Card is horrible, yeah. those both things can be true, but not as horrible as the one that I'm going to hit in the next category, which I'm, I'm going to go on a rant on that one. But anyway, wow, <laughs> most overrated. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I will present my argument, but I, I don't really feel very strong in my argument anymore. But <laughs> I will with the Amex Business Platinum, specifically the credits. The card is $695 annual fee now, and it markets a slew of credits to help get value and offset these, most notably up to f essentially $400 in Dell credits per year. 
There's also a $150 Adobe credit, $360 in Indeed credits. These credits, especially after time, are basically garbage. The Adobe credit, you can only trigger it if you spend, like, uh, you have to basically pre-purchase the the software in an annual form. It's a, it ends up being like a $1,200 transaction to trigger that $150 credit. So that's already going to be a niche audience to begin with. And even so, it's only a 10% savings. Again, the Indeed credit, I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't hear a ton of people talking about using Indeed. I know it's a big player in the space, but then again, it's 360 bucks for that in terms of on the, the business side. And then the Dell credit, you know, yes, for some businesses, they have no problem buying up to $400 worth of, of Dell products a year and be able to get value out of those credits. But for like the average small business owner, I feel like especially if you hold that card or maybe you have multiple of them after a couple of years, you kind of just capped out as to what you could buy. And then it kind of becomes worthless. I may or may not be speaking from personal experience in this, <laughs> but I find that over time, those Dell credits become harder and harder to use just because otherwise you're just kind of buying stuff just to use the credit versus actually getting value out of it. So then it becomes, do I really need this $695 card? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I closed the, one. I've, I've bought enough light bulbs from Dell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean my my nominee is is pretty similar to Matt's. I I put the MX Platinum just because I feel like a lot of people like it's very overhyped and a lot of people get it because they want to feel like it fits with their lifestyle, but a lot of people like just doesn't make sense for. There's so many credits, like the ones Matt was talking about for the business card. There's the Saks credit, there's Fine hotels and resorts credit. There's like lots of other credit that can be pretty difficult to use and also might just not align with who you are as a person or what you spend your money on. So if you don't shop at Saks, getting a $50 Saks credit just to buy something that you weren't going to buy anyway is not really like getting a credit out of it. So I think it can be useful if it fits the way you live your life, but don't like change your life to fit with the MX Platinum. <laughs> It's a lifestyle coupon book, don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it clangs so, pretty well too. Yeah, not not as well as that that old Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> so our nominees for most overrated are Emily nominated the Amex Platinum, Matt nominated the Amex Business Platinum, particularly its credits. Bryce nominated all of the Delta cards, <laughs> and I nominated the City Premier. In opposition by a doorknob. <laughs> so after after the pitches, is anyone voting for the Amex plot as the most overrated? Anyone voting? Oh, I love my Amex plot. <laughs> Not even <laughs> for, myself. <laughs> for the, the the business plot credits as the most overrated. The <laughs> Delta cards as the most overrated? Absolutely. You can't <laughs> argue with 1% of GDP, man. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All right. City Premier voters. City Premier? Do it. I'll vote. All right. I'll vote. All right. Well, that it's is a... Debate a off. Oh, it's a debate off. Split. Yeah. How about all of them? <laughs> all right. My... <laughs> wait, my, wait. Is this one you really want to win? Because ultimately the product is like the... Worst loser by winning this category, correct? I haven't won a category mm-hmm. yet. Next so. one is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's call it a tie. Let's call it a tie and let's get on to actually, right. we, we could call this the biggest loser, but the next category we call worst value. I don't know if I even needed to find that. This is just the worst value card on the market. Bryce, just we'll go ahead and give you the title on this one even more so if you read 
directly from the greatest article you've ever written. <laughs> that is probably <laughs> the best down. work I've ever produced. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. The MasterCard Black Card is the worst value credit card in the history of Earth. And it is the only credit card, in my opinion, that triggers like a negative emotional reaction from me. So let's talk about why. So the MasterCard Black Card would just be a normal ho-hum kind of run-of-the-mill card. I think it earns like effectively 2% back toward travel. It's, it's kind of like the venture card. You can use it to like erase any form of travel and they brand it as being super flexible and stuff. But the reason why I think this card is such a horrible value and the reason why I attack it at pretty much every chance I can get is because of their branding and positioning. This card basically seeks to trick people into thinking that this is like the black card that you hear about in pop culture, like the American Express black card. This is not that. They charge $495 annual fee. They do that just so that you feel like it's expensive and exclusive. Their ads have like pictures of private jets and like cruise ships and yachts and stuff. When you look at it, you would think that this is like the card for the rich and famous. When you dive into it, the card has no bonus, none. I don't know if it ever has. It earns, I think, just a flat 2x per dollar spent on everything, which so does a Capital One Venture at $95 per year, and it has transfer partners. This card has no transfer partners whatsoever. The perks are just okay. I think it has priority pass. Issued by Barclays, the technology to log into it is abysmally bad. Okay. And <laughs> most importantly, most people who have this card just will not listen to anything that would, would counter the idea that this is like the OG black card for the rich and famous. Like when you kind of explain, hey, you've been duped and you're paying a bunch of money and you fell for an advertisement, does not go over well. So the, the best piece of written content I've ever produced in my life, I think is our, our review of this. It's on the site. It's called, is the MasterCard black card worth the $495 annual fee? And I go into a tirade comparing it to gas station vodka and like cheap <laughs> shiny watches and the types of folks who are into that. And, you know, I think I said it's, it's the equivalent of getting an empty bottle of Grey Goose, filling it with gas station vodka, and then strutting around the club like you own the place. Like, if that sounds like your idea of fun, you will love this card. <laughs> For everyone else, this is the worst value card on the planet. And they advertise like crazy. And now that I say it, you're going to see their ads in airports in your mailbox. Please don't open it. And on your Instagram feed now, because you're listening to this podcast and us talk about yes. it. Yes. But mm. yeah. Yeah. If you will want a black card that we have decided might be worth the value, the Ritz-Carlton card. It is black. <laughs> Boom. It is physically black. <laughs> so my, my, my favorite thing, Bryce, that you, that you point out, I'm not even going to present mine anymore. Like, it's not even worth it because you're right. Like, this is the winner of the category. Yes. My favorite thing is how you mentioned that they charge a $495 annual fee. So that way you feel like it's something special when the real Centurion card is what a like $10,000 initiation yeah. fee and then a like five mm -hmm. or $6,000 a year ongoing annual fee. Like those are just completely different worlds that you're operating in. <laughs> but this one does give you subscription to Luxury Magazine where you can read about experiences, interests, passions, and a lifestyle. You can read about things that you can't actually do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I yield my look contribution to this category to the black card. However, I want to use this time to enter one metaphor from the article into the record. Direct quote, it's buying a $50 Timex watch, scratching off the T-I-M, replacing it with R-O-L with a Sharpie, and then showing off your brand new Rolex to all of your friends. If that doesn't perfectly <laughs> encapsulate this card, yes. I don't know what does. Well done, sir. It's that. And this that was that piece is like six years old. This card is still oh, yeah. awful, which means people yeah. have it. Someone listening to this yeah. podcast is probably like 
pulling their hair out, just listening, just completely trash the card they have in like the first slot in their wallet. And if that's you, I'm sorry. We're trying to save you. <laughs> yeah. I, Is it sufficiently beaten up? Yeah. yeah. Is there more to say? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, MasterCard Black Card. You've won your yeah. first ever yeah. actual award. Oh, boy. <laughs> Emily, did you have a contribution for this? this I mean, nothing, nothing that compares. And my contribution was like store cards, which aren't even a travel rewards card. So don't get a card to save 20% off at Old Navy. That's it. <laughs> this was where I was going to slot in elsewhere. Delta cards, but those already beat me or tied with me elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and you're right. Like even, even Delta miles are worth more than what you get from the MasterCard black card. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. That's worst value. The winner is obvious. Or should we call the loser of that category is obvious. Yeah. Second Let's loser. <laughs> Second loser, Matt's basketball team or was it a football team? Yeah, uh, basketball. Yes. There we go. Let's talk about the biggest upgrade, the card that kind of made the biggest jump for you in 2023. Yeah. I'll go first. My nominee is the introduction of the Capital One Venturex business card. It's got a huge sign up bonus. I mean, that also comes with a high minimum spend, but if you have a business that has expenses that you can use to meet the minimum spend, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, it's 2X on all purchases and it gets access to the new Capital One lounges. I haven't been to one yet, but there is one in Denver that I'll never be able to go to because Capital <laughs> One will not approve me for a card. <laughs> I admittedly, Emily, like I was going to just say Capital One in general because I was going yeah. to do the Capital One VentureX business as well. Even though I don't have one for the same reason, like Capital One seems to not want to approve me for any more cards, even though I only have one. I, I wish I did. Like the 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 VentureX and the VentureX business are both cards that I wish I could get approved for. As I mentioned, I think that they've taken a lot out of City and like they've actually been working on making their reward program better over the years by adding partners, improving the transfer ratios, et cetera, which very few people are doing, which increases the the appeal. I consider them a tier two program. Tier one to me is Chase and Amex. Tier two, Capital One built after that. I don't really care. Cough, cough. City. city. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to give my vote to, to Emily here on the, the VentureX business. So I agree. I had no contributions to the category. I feel like there wasn't much movement in terms of drastic improvement of any products that happened this year, or at least none that came to mind. So that may be reflective of any that did improve that there wasn't anything kind of earth shattering. So for me, it was just kind of a, a status quo in this category. There were actually products that got downgraded, but nothing sort of moved up. But I suppose that's sort of to be expected in this, especially in this space. I feel like things, it's a race to the bottom, not necessarily to the top for, for a lot of this yeah. stuff. So I have no yeah. contributions to make to this category. I think what I've, I've seen is like some cards or programs that have gotten minor upgrades, then we'll follow up with like a even bigger downgrade shortly after. So oh, <laughs> or, a, or an, an improvement or a, or a, devaluation slash slashing of benefits features whatever that's marketed as an improvement so yes yeah <laughs> always that i feel like i feel like i should give the built card a shout out here for biggest upgrade they've i don't know if you call it even the card the program in general but i guess by extension the card they've added a bunch of new transfer partners the rent day benefits have been incredible lately the recent transfer bonuses that they had on january 1st where it was a, a great opportunity for people to get a lot more value out of their built points you know, they, they just added Avianca as a transfer partner. 
really air france we have, is, a, is we have other categories country. coming we have other categories. <laughs> oh i know yeah yeah well and that's i guess i i, I see that here later on, on the list but in my mind that, that has made a big jump and upgrade in the past yeah. year or so but they they so did just make Bill. some changes to like how they made it a little harder to earn status i think i saw that yeah. update so uh, yeah not all good things but speaking of not all good things let's talk about the biggest downgrade card for you that took a step back in 2023 or, or i guess topic not just card topic. yeah i was gonna say i didn't i didn't i i, I ventured off here i didn't go card i went with centurion lounges centurion lounges are just way too crowded now yes they are probably the nicest most consistent domestic lounge in the u.s Oh, oh, maybe not. Maybe capital not. Doorknob, like a word doorknob, uh, doorknob has a counter. I, I will say that the Capital One lounges are super nice. I went to the one in DFW recently, and what? And it, I think the comment I made to everyone here in our in our work chat was like, "I'm legitimately sad that Capital One won't give me a Venture X or Venture X business." Granted, I'm not based in DFW. If I was, I would 100% want a card to be able to access the Capital One Venture Lounge. But we're talking biggest downgrade here. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep, no, man. I was going to say, I think your direct quote was that the Capital One Venture Lounges are what the Centurion Lounges used to be yeah. back in the day, kind of when they first rolled out. And I agree 100%. Yeah. The last, I, I was going to say, I can't remember the last time I didn't have to wait to get into a Centurion. Actually, I got into the one in Mexico City without waiting. But in the U.S., I don't know the last time I had to. I didn't have to wait like at least twenty or thirty minutes to get in, like fight to find a seat, fight to get food, fight to get a drink. Like it's just not an enjoyable experience anymore. They're way too overcrowded. It doesn't feel like an oasis or a retreat. Even if the amenities are nicer, I have gone to United clubs that are much sadder because there's less people there. It's quieter. It's more of a sanctuary. I don't really know what Amex is going to do about it unless they just start restricting it to one person per platinum card, not letting people buy their way in if they've got other cards or like limit visits until you hit a certain spend threshold. Like you get five visits a year until you spend like Fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year on the card, which are not things that I necessarily want to see. I don't think that those are right for consumers, but I think that the Centurion lounges and Amex are, quite frankly, really hurting their brand with the lounges because of the the overcrowding issues. So for me, biggest downgrade just continues to be Centurion lounges, and unfortunately, I there's not a consumer friendly way to fix it. I I don't think. Yeah, I think I'd like to to jump in there because. Because for me, I'd say a little bit more broadly, the biggest downgrade is just everything between American Express and lounges. It's the Centurion Lounge, but it's also the Delta Lounge changes. And you used to be able to have a Platinum. And if you're flying on Delta, you can go into a Delta Lounge. But now you get, what, five per year. And you even if you have like multiple layovers, or whatever, that's using one of those passes each time you do it. It just feels like a very big step back for having any sort of American Express card and having lounge access of any kind. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add because those were, <laughs> that was my yeah. feeling as well. Just the only thing I was going to add here was the Amex, so the second half of this year, Amex has started rolling out more family restrictions in some of their card products. So that's kind of the, the first time that we're seeing that. And it's, they seem to roll it out on, on both co-brands, but also some of their own issued products. So that's disappointing to see there's sort of more 
strategy you have to take in terms of order of operations, in terms of what you get, which card you get, because if you don't, then you can essentially block yourself out potentially of getting an entire family of products. So that, that's to me was, was disappointing to see. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the thing for me is I think Bryce, you hit it right. Like Delta clubs too are having this issue, but United clubs kind of have this issue in the sense of like, if you open a card that gives you the one-time free passes, they'll reject those. But yeah. if if you've got the club card or membership, like I've never had an issue getting in. I've never had to wait. I've never had to like, maybe it's been hard to find a seat, but I've legitimately been into Centurion lounges where there is nowhere to sit. Like when I say it's hard to find a seat in a United club, it's I have to sit next to someone. <laughs> oh no. Like, <laughs> like oh, no. Centurions. It's like, I don't have anywhere to sit. American Airlines doesn't seem to be having this issue with their Admirals Club or Admirals Lounges. I don't remember which one it is. Capital One, like with their Venture Lounges, don't seem to be having this issue. So it it is uniquely an American Express issue. And it's a struggle that I just don't think is going to be fixed. And it's just really downgrading the kind of luxury experience that you come to expect from American Express when you're traveling. They've been so hardcore on customer acquisition over the last two to years in this like kind of post COVID space and then have been very successful at that. So the, it's not, there's not an easy solution because it's almost entirely capacity controlled and restriction on the actual lounge space. And most of these airports do not have easily expandable space to where they can double the size of their lounge, which is probably what would be needed for a lot of them. So there, yeah, there's no easy customer friendly way sort of out of this pickle that they've kind of backed themselves into a corner. I think their, their think best hope the, to get out of the pickle is, is Capital yeah. One expansion oh, of that lounge network yeah. and just kind of pulling customers from Amex to kind of balance it out. My thinking is that maybe the uh, restrictions on the, the card family rules now with Amex are an attempt to at least like slow down the number of people who can get cards that provide you with lounge access. Because it's not saying like mm. you're in it. Well, it's saying you're ineligible, but it's kind of a... a a different approach from just taking away the lounge access with the card. Yeah. I, I know we're, we're spitballing ideas here for Amex. So if someone <laughs> working for Amex is listening, please call us. We're, we're here to help. And we're, we're sorry about the Delta card talk. I feel like what part of the problem is, and this does feel from a place of privilege of someone who's in points on miles and does get to travel frequently, but I do almost feel as if the problem is casual travelers and that I just I just wish I could reserve my time in the lounge. Like that would, I think, make such a big difference if I could go in, you know, just like I'm making a restaurant reservation a week before my travel and make a reservation. So that way I have a confirmed time and seat in the lounge for my time. And then I think that's something that would benefit people who are using it as more frequent travelers who are really expecting the benefit out of this versus casual travelers who are showing up. Like, I don't know. I don't want to like this on casual travelers because they have just as much right to be there. But if I knew I could get a spot in advance versus maybe walking all the way there to be told that, oh, like it's a two hour wait. And yeah, you can check it in the app. You can reserve your spot in the, in the app now, but it just puts you in the wait list queue. Like no, well, it's I not always accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. If I could just reserve a time in advance and know that it's going to be crowded so that way I don't even try to show up if I can't reserve a time, that would be a better experience for me than showing up to the airport where it's the only lounge, like trying to make my way there and then being out of luck. 
Would that be a feature that you would be consider you would consider paying for? Like, hey, you'd pay like ten or fifteen, maybe twenty bucks per time to like reserve your slot in the lounge. I don't know that I would. I would. Pay I would for consider it. it. Yeah, I I would consider it. I would rather see like kind of a lower spend threshold. It, you know, it's like, hey, like if you spend fifteen or twenty thousand dollars a year on an Amex card, then you unlock the ability to reserve your spot in the lounge. Everyone else has to wait day of. I think that it would be a good way to drive business through your Amex cards because it's it's not like it's a high threshold, but it's not that high of a threshold that would reward people who are actively using your your products. But I'd probably also like pay ten or fifteen dollars for it if there's not a United Club and I'm not flying United. <laughs> <laughs> Always default to United live and in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to our MVP, or I guess we could call it MVC, most valuable card. I had a lot of ones to choose from in 2023, but curious to hear which one each of you picks. I, uh, picked, I took I'm a different direction in this category. I'll go first. <laughs> okay, you go first. I took, a different, I took a different direction on this, uh, this category. I'm not giving it to a single card. I'm giving it to a program, and that program is Built Rewards. They have absolutely smashed things in the last... Well, pretty much since they launched, but really it's been the last year, maybe 18 months or so. They've had back-to-back just unbelievable rent day promos, such as 100% match or bonus transfer uh, bonuses to uh, Flying Blue we had earlier this year, and, and just a number of other ones. They had a, a Hyatt Globalist promo as one of the rent day things and so many more. They've added more transfer partners this year. They are hands down the most valuable loyalty program on the market today. Without question, I, in my eyes, I'd be curious to hear a counter argument to that, but, but I don't think uh, it gets any better in terms of a program. The challenging part with built is that the product and the program are two separate things. The hard part with the card product itself is that you have to rely on promos essentially to help you earn the sort of bonus multipliers on spend with like the rent day promos because they're a biggest Achilles heels. Achilles heel continues to be the ability to earn built rewards in any meaningful volume without a like a sign up bonus, which we know is virtually never going to happen. So the program itself, unbelievable. You just have to run a ton of spend through the card and sort of cost benefit analysis on that is still kind of a mixed bag. And then so that's that's why we're often hesitant to recommend the product, even though the program is is so so good. But looking at it from just a program level viewpoint, to me, hands down the MVP of the year. And I, I don't see that stopping, like just that they have shown that they are going to be continuing to innovate and just run unbelievable promos, maybe roll out new features, et cetera. So I, I think they have sort of taken this area by storm, even though the card is still, I don't say lackluster, but it, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough one. They've done a good job of creating a program that I want to be able to participate in. But like you mentioned, the barrier to entry of earning the points is a bit too high for me to get in. I do agree, though, that they are, like, when I say Capital One has, like, done a lot of improving their value, Built has done even more. I mean, they put in someone who knows points and miles and knows how to be attractive to people in this community, and that has driven a lot of success. I mean, adding Hyatt, adding American Airlines, they're only transferable points program that transfers to American Airlines, which I love my American Airlines miles. So I wish that, yeah, they were they were easier to use. So I'd I still have my own to present, but I I'll 
probably end up voting with you, Matt. Okay, now Emily. <laughs> My nominee was the, the Chase Ink cards. They were just really valuable for me this year. They they have no annual fee for the most. There's there's two with no annual fee, and they had some pretty high sign up bonuses this year. Ninety k after I think it was six thousand dollars in in spend. So just really valuable, great way to to pad the Chase ultimate rewards and at no annual fee. It's a pretty no brainer for me. And the 90 K was available for a sizable amount of the year twice. So that if you missed it the first go around in the spring, you could, you got lucky and could circle back to it the second half of the year, which was pretty wild. And even when it's not a 90 K it's been at 75 K, which has been, that's still fantastic. Even though when it drops from 90, it's kind of a hard sell, but that's what I had too. The Nofi Inks, they have complimentary earning categories. You can get them both. The min spend is pretty reasonable for the amount of points that you have. Pairs nicely in the Chase ecosystem. Those have been incredible. But I, mean, I don't know. Built's a worthy candidate as well. They, the, the, the Inks are the only cards that I think we've dedicated an entire podcast episode <laughs> to so far. So, But soon, I don't think the I'm... MasterCard Black card as well. <laughs> yeah. So it won't be such a good thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm going to win. No, I know that I'm not going to win the MVP category, but I want to give an honorable mention to United Mileage Plus. And this one's probably going to shock a lot of people because they did do a devaluation this year. But I have just found my United Miles to increasingly be so easy to redeem. I mean, they're in Star Alliance, which has a number of airlines that release good availability. They don't pass on surcharges on taxes and fees, right? So your programs that have good availability for One World would be British Airways, for SkyTeam would be Virgin Atlantic. Both have very high taxes and fees. United does not pass on the the airline surcharges when you book with their miles. Star Alliance has, I I think, the most airline partners. It's got some really good partners. Uh, It's an MVP for me personally, maybe not as a program because I just started getting into them in the past year or two and have just been able to, I'm not getting like huge outsized value, but the ease of redeeming them speaks a lot. I've got a bunch of miles with other programs, even other programs in Star Alliance, like Air Canada or Life Miles, which is where my city thank you points ended up, that have become <laughs> hard to redeem compared to United. So it's not going to win, but personal shout out here to United Mileage Plus, despite the the downgrades. Get a special notice, or what do we call that? Like a good job. Honorable mention. Word. Yeah. There we go. That's, that's yeah. Honorable mention, yep. but it sounds like the doorknob takes the category. Yeah, yeah, I, I got I got to give the MVP one. to build to build rewards here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. here, here. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, let's do a couple kind of lightning round questions here as we wrap up the episode. Looking for kind of short, punchy answers on these ones. First one up: the Oh Shoot, these expire today. Award kind of perks, benefits that you forget about until you have to use them. Uh, uh, I had a, my P 2s one of my P 2s <laughs> free night award certificates. I think that's probably a consistent theme amongst us, but also just. Uh, points and miles people in general is they no matter how much you stay organized try and plan stay on top inevitably one or two a year is going to sneak up on you and you can't redeem them and they more or less go to waste and ask me how i know (laughs) (laughs) agreed i will say i've had success a couple times asking for them to be extended 
I redeemed all mine this year. I had none go expired. So my shout out will go to the Ritz Carlton Cards Club Upgrade Awards. Why? Because they expire every single year. And I'm going to go with the Amex Plat $50 sax credit, which is every six months. That in and of itself kind of makes it easy to forget because most of American Express's stuff is per calendar year. So it's like, oh man, like it's it's June and I'm browsing through high-end soaps and you know, with, at sax, not a lot of things cost less than $50. So I often forget and end up redeeming that for something just really, really trivial. It's almost like they designed that perk with that in mind. <sighs> no way. What a, what a concept. Yeah. Like, what I'm a gonna, concept. I'm, I'm going to make it really easy for you to remember how to redeem it every year or every six months. Sorry. It's sacks for socks. Just buy socks with it. Mm. Can we start sacks that as a new, socks. like a new thing. Sacks for socks. That URL. <laughs> sacks for socks. Okay. <laughs> how about the saddest lounge award? I got this one. Yeah. <laughs> Houston IAH Bush Intercontinental Airport American Express Centurion Lounge. The prison. <laughs> the Centurion prison. Yeah. No windows. No if, windows. If, if yeah, you yeah. think there's a sadder lounge in the US, there probably is. But that one's the one that always just feels the saddest to go to. And was, uh, wasn't I, it closed for a period of time because of like the fumes? There's an issue with like the fumes, fumes from the room. I don't know. I don't go there this. anymore because it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> no, should let's, that, let's cancel that out and not. Unless they right, do so have any credible, that, that could not be possible because there's no windows in this lounge. So how could any? Extra <laughs> oh, there's vents though. There's in. vents. Yeah, it's like it's the hardest yeah. to find. It's in the back of a duty free shop in an elevator that's like around a quarter in the back. You go upstairs. It takes a while to find. Or downstairs, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. It's one of them. Then you're like in an empty hallway, and it takes a little while where you're walking, and you're like, "Am I supposed to be here?" Until you see signage, and then when you get there, it's so overcrowded that they tell you that there's a two-hour wait, and when you do get in, you can't get a seat anyways, and there's no window, so you can't even see anything. Saddest lounge. Yeah, that wins. <laughs> I yeah. I respect and appreciate your entry into this category. I am adding all domestic U.S. mainline airline lounges. That are not the newly, the relatively newly updated Delta Sky Clubs or Admirals Clubs. This also excludes Polaris lounges. If I have to pick one, it's the Delta Sky Clubs for, like we were saying earlier this year, this episode between Amex pushing products and their arrangement with Delta, but also Delta in general, just being way too focused on selling access to said clubs instead of providing sufficient, sufficient space for all of the space that they have sold. We've seen tremendous lines outside of Delta Sky Clubs in particular. We do see it in others, other airlines, but for some reason, you, you at least this is what I'm aware of, you rarely see lines outside of a United Club or Admirals Club, but it's commonplace with all Delta Sky Clubs. They've tried to change it a little bit with some priority access, but even still, they have the same problem as Amex has. So I'm picking all of them except for those that I listed that are not uh, the recently updated ones because those ones are awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, was, like LAX. Is, oof, so yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're throwing some shade here because you specifically said newly updated Delta Sky Clubs or Admirals Clubs. But like, what about the United Club Terminal C at Newark? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, that's newly updated. So yeah, but you said newly updated Delta and Admirals. Oh, fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> mm, United, Club, his, uh, United Club is in there as well. This is yes, how I is. argue with the doorknob here. I point yeah, out the, yeah. the obvious one that you missed there. <laughs> the fallacies in my argument, yes, in my logic, yes. No, the 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 new the ones that are updated at Newark would be considered as part of my newly renovated and updated exclusion. 
I'll take it. Just the biggest downside is that it's at Newark, which is kind of like the the Pepsi of airports. Like, oh, you want to fly to New York? Is Newark okay? <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> Anything else for Saddest Lounge? I don't. I don't okay. really have a good one. <laughs> How about the end of an era award? Something that came to an end in 2023. Ooh, I do have a good one for this. Yeah. I personally feel very sad about the GoPuff credits ending because I live so close to a GoPuff warehouse that it was really easy for me to pick up all my free GoPuff stuff. And for anybody who doesn't know what the GoPuff credits are, I think it was for almost two years until it ended in December of 2023, where all the Chase cards would have a $10 monthly credit or not all, but most, I think there are a couple that were excluded. So as someone with like 12 plus chase cards, that was like $120 worth of GoPuff goodies every single month. Plus I have a P2 who has like another, I don't know, 10 chase cards. So really lucrative every month for dry <laughs> you said goods. it was available for two years, but I feel like that I only think. took off in like the last six months or so. Maybe like yeah. somebody finally discovered it and it was like yeah. buried in the terms and conditions or whatever. Cause I feel like it was the summer of GoPuff and then throughout the rest yeah. of the year, but basically I hadn't heard of it before then. So it's kind of Yeah. Funny. Yeah. I, I was doing research for it before I started recording and yeah, it said from 2021 through, through the end of 2023. So well, now it's over. I had never heard of GoPuff until the summer of GoPuff started. Yeah, so. same. Yeah, neither had I. But it was great while it lasted, and now it's the end of an era. <laughs> Travis, Matt, anything to add? Mine is a personal one. It is the $300 Marriott credit on the Bonvoy Brilliant card. It's been converted to a $25 a month dining credit. This actually changed in 2022, but I got, I guess, a part of a, a recon call or, I mean, a Referring retention with credit. Yeah, thank you. It's a retention offer. They gave me a, essentially a, a $300 complimentary credit. So in my eyes, I was looking at that as another $300 in Marriott spend. So now it's finally truly over for me. And I struggle to use like the chopped up $25 a month dining credits or any of those credits as they are. So that one's finally bit the bullet for me. I think a lot of people are going to agree with Emily. There were some very passionate people. Uh, oh, yeah. About the the GoPuff credit, but Emily, I'll change you to the doorknob and argue with you that the real award for the end of an era should go to getting the MX Plat before you get the MX Gold. Uh, late last yeah. year, MX changed their restrictions to where if you have an MX Plat of any kind or like some other versions of the MX Gold, you're no longer just the eligible. personal one, just the personal one, just the personal one. For so now. Yeah. This yeah. only applies to personal. Then you're not eligible to receive the, the bonus on the personal gold card. So I think that's the, the, the real RIP rip big loss for big loss for people. Cause we at least knew the GoPuff credits were expiring. <laughs> there was hope yeah, that they would get renewed. Like the DoorDash credits that like perpetual or the the free one year of DoorDash that goes on perpetually, even though you can only use it once per account. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. My end of an era is just my Southwest Companion Fast is the first year in a decade that I haven't had it. Little sad, but not that sad. So that's the end of that. I'll be sad. Last one. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Last one for today. The Dave Ramsey Nightmare Award. Uh, and I'm going to go first on this one. I'm just going to say my existence. I wrote down every breath that I take. I feel like I'm kind of the anti-Dave Ramsey. I'm out there just promoting credit cards to as many people as possible. Responsibly, of course, showing them the benefits, et cetera. 
So yeah, I am Dave Ramsey's nightmare. Yeah. Hard to argue with that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out built. Uh, Dave Ramsey hates debt and used to you like, I don't know, couldn't really go into debt to pay rent. And now built lets you go into debt to pay rent. So I'm going to say that Dave Ramsey's <laughs> nightmare is creating a new way to, to create, to create debt. That's and the fact that you're renting, you're not even, you're not buying a house. Right. So yeah. you got like a double whammy there. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. it. I mean, I he doesn't I'm even like mortgages. It. How can he like paying yeah. your rent with a credit card? <laughs> yep. I think I, I'm going to go with any credit card with like a dining credit or just like a, a high earning rate on dining, because I'm pretty sure he says something along the lines of like, if you have any kind of debt, you should never see the inside of a restaurant unless you are working there. So promoting that people should, <laughs> should use credit cards on dining by offering credits. I don't think he would like that. So now we know who actually listens to Dave Ramsey, huh? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Wow. It's hate, hate listening, hate watching. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I do, I do yeah, me, me too, guys. Me too, guys. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. So, to close out our, our 2023 awards episode, just a reminder we're here to help you make the most of your points and miles this year. The best way to do that is to sign up for 10X Travel Plus, our membership program. You can use one of your one on one consults to plan your 2024 strategy, get everything laid out, ready to go to make this your year with more travel, less spend. You can manage your points and miles in our free tool, My 10X, and let the next My Next Card feature take the guesswork out of finding your next best card for your wallet so you don't end up listening to our 2024 awards episode having used the card that we talk about as the worst value for the entire year. <laughs> Make sure to join our Facebook group. We have now over 290,000 people coming together to share their points and miles knowledge. And finally, be sure to enroll or visit or brush up on our free course that teaches you how to travel the world for next to nothing. That is at 10xtravel.com slash course. And all of these are linked in the show notes. For all of us here at 10x Travel, I'm Bryce Conway. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.